3: Five on the
0: floor, ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle
4: hard, couple scars, ran bubble frogs. Just like fuckin' say, you in trouble, y'all. Check the floor plan, got an all band Y'all seen the block, stop with one hand. Impact with trust, it's power, have the guts. we here to bring the heat, y'all can hang
0: it up.
2: Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network.
1: All right, Welcome into Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I'm Ethan Skolnick. You can follow me at Ethan J. Skolnick at Five Reason Sports. We got Greg Sylvander. You can follow me at Greg Sylvander, Brady Hawk at Brady Hawk 305, and Alex Toledo at Tropical Blanket. The Miami Heat win 106 to 96. In Portland, they all got the Moleskin notebooks out uh, and wrote off the Blazers after a very, very difficult first quarter, which was trash. Let's just be fair on this. That's about the best that I can say. Um, I don't know what most of them were doing in the first quarter. But in the second quarter, Jimmy Butler decided to come to play. And he had a stretch uh, where basically he had 10 points in about six minutes. And also the passing, the defense, the floor game. I'm going to say it right now at the very beginning here. Uh, He's playing the highest level all around basketball that I've seen him play with the Miami Heat in the regular season right now. And that's with as good as he was last year after the All-Star break. It is repeating itself. And we talk about the scoring that he did in the playoffs, lifting this team uh, to the finals a couple of times. But this is about more than scoring. He is passing the ball in a way I've never seen him pass the ball. We were talking about this on playback, but a couple of the feeds to Bam, but also to Duncan, uh, the no-look stuff. Like To me, the one thing that always differentiated him from LeBron in Miami was the passing that LeBron was just an elite 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 passer Could see the entire floor Jimmy's now seeing that stuff and I I don't know that that's always been the case So anyway, we will get to all of this today and of course we will have some fun uh, With Joe Cronin. I just want to be clear on something here before we go forward guys and Greg I'll go to you first and then we'll get to the Rocky sports Gamer of the night Um, The hall the Joe Cronin got For Dame the hall Right? Don't settle. Don't settle. Robert Williams, out, injured, which has been previously in his career. Malcolm Brogdon, out, injured, which he has been previously in his career. Aiton, who they would have gotten anyway, even if they had made the deal with Miami. Aiton doesn't come out of the locker room because of a hand injury. He gets into it with Kevin Love. Kevin stays in the game. Aiton's out of the game. We know that Aiton doesn't really seem to care about basketball all that much. Uh, That was the home. They also didn't have Shade and Sharp tonight, and they didn't have Scoot tonight. So they were shorthanded, and this is a game that absolutely Miami should have won. But before we get into – we're going to get into the the game of the night and some of the specifics of tonight, I want to start with you, Greg, on this. The Heat are now fifth in the East. They are within a game and a half, I believe, of fourth. They are in striking distance of third. That was not supposed to be the case when they went on the road to face Milwaukee and Philadelphia before the break. It was not supposed to be the case uh, when they come out of the break and then Jimmy Butler gets suspended and they've got to go to Sacramento without him. They are dangerously looming.
3: The minute that we left them for dead... The minute I left from them for dead on our show and said, "That's it. Uh, this team is uh, amongst that seven-game losing streak. I don't know that they can come back from this." What do they do? They're nine and two in their last eleven. They are reeling off victories on the road. They're like the remixed road warriors. I'm starting to call them with all these road wins that they've racked up recently. When you saw this stretch of at Milwaukee, at Philadelphia, at New Orleans, at Sacramento, at Portland, and then at Denver still to come, everybody, I think, flinched just a little bit and thought, damn, can we get through that stretch 500? Can you come back with one win more than you lost? And the fact that they have reeled off all these games and positioned themselves not only to be out of the play-in at this current moment, but to have striking distance from a home court seed – It's just a complete 180 from where we were just a little bit ago. This team is absolutely crazy like that. The minute that you count them out is the exact moment that they turn around. And now they're doing it. And you're right. It's led by Jimmy Butler, but there's other guys that were really playing well. I thought Terry had a great game late uh, as well. So there's lots of stuff to unpack. But overall, the Heat should feel damn good about where they sit in the Eastern Conference.
1: Yeah, I got a debate here on this, on the Rocky Sports Gamer of the Night, because I I think Jimmy Butler was their best player tonight, but I'm going to go with Rozier. Um, Let's load it up, Alex, because I'm sorry, I, I, I threw that at you at the last second. Go ahead. And now on Five on the Floor, it's time for the Gamer of the Night, sponsored by Rock Esports Center, the place to eat, drink, and play all day. Host your next birthday party with them. Located at 15305 South Dixie Highway in Palmetto Bay, they've got a 5,500-square-foot state-of-the-art center equipped with all the high-end power. Play all-day passes, available for just $25, but if you mention five reasons... It's just $20. So mention five reasons or five RSN. You get to play all day for $20. And now the gamer of the night. All right. So Jimmy Butler tonight, 22 points, four rebounds, nine assists, no turnovers. Uh, That's about as ethical a basketball game as you can play. But But Brady, I'm going with Terry Rozier. Because of the significance of it, Um, you know, this is this is just a Jimmy thing. This was a Jimmy game. When he's engaged for pockets of the game, he's going to put up numbers like this. Rozier has struggled with his shot since he came to Miami. This is the first time he shot fifty percent from the floor since he came to the Heat. He does it after an injury that it looked like he might be out for maybe the season, if not several weeks. He's back within three games of the all-star break, which is what we told you was likely going to be the case once we found out the details of it. And he shoots seven of 14 from the floor, two of four from three, 19 points, four rebounds, four assists. And it seemed to me like when he hit the one long three, I don't know, there just was like a release and he was in total control the rest of the game. What did you see? What did you like?
0: Yeah, I was going to say, he was definitely the gamer of the second half. Like, like because I didn't think he was played that great in the first half. Like, I thought he was still a little trying to f- get some of the rust off. I thought he was still uh, not being as aggressive self as we were talking about at the beginning of that game. There was, there was too many pockets where he's running these pick-and-rolls with Bam. And every time he runs a pick-and-roll with Bam, he's passing it to Bam. And it got to the point now where the defense is just collapsing under Bam on the roll where they're, like, daring Terry to, like, take shots. He's not really taking a lot of the pull-up threes and a lot of the isolation stuff. So it's, like, it just made it an ugly offensive uh, viewpoint. So I thought it was really big for him just to kind of have that that switch in the second half. I thought he came out much more aggressive, uh, just kind of getting into the paint a little more, being willing to take the, come some of those tough threes. Like, the thing about him is, like, not taking open shots. Like, he's a tough shot maker. Like, he, he's he's got to be a guy that just takes shots he just has to be aggressive for himself it's not really about certain you know like Tyler's a guy that finds open slots like he's really good at finding dead space and finding a way to pull where Terry almost needs to do the opposite like he needs to just kind of work and cook and find a rhythm himself and and he seemed like he was doing that he had the one uh big three it seemed like after uh Hagan's was like flexing on him Mickey he, <laughs> he kind of got in his head a little bit and he wanted to get a three off and he did and then the next play he kind of had that pullback dribble and hit the mid-range jumper and then it got to the point where after that, he missed the next one. But the whole Heat team cleared out. Like, I, I, you don't see that often on the Heat because they're not an isolation team. The Both, like, four guys, two on each side, just went to each corner and let Terry just stay in the middle of the floor dribbling and take a tough shot. And he ended up missing it. But it's like, you need Terry to take those shots. That's him. And as I said earlier, kind of during this game when we were talking about playback, it's like, People were talking about like who should be the starting point guard because DeLon looked really good. Should it be at the point now where DeLon even gets the starting job and Terry comes off the bench? The thing is about that, I feel like the issue was Terry wasn't playing like Terry in the starting lineup. Terry was like playing like DeLon. Terry was playing in this reserved way where he was kind of just playing off the ball. He was not really looking for a shot. He was doing all this stuff. Like, no, Terry Rozier needs to be Terry Rozier in the starting lineup to make it work. And that's what we saw in the second half. I thought he was just that changes so much for this team. And it's not like when Terry is aggressive, it took anything away from Jimmy. I mean, Jimmy was rolling to the basket. He was getting to the free throw line. He was getting the ball in his spots. It wasn't taking anything away from him. So they just need Terry to play his game and and stop trying to, I guess, like overthink and and just try to to fit into this system where at times he just has to be himself.
1: It looks to me sometimes like they don't even know what they have in him it's been so long since they had a player like in his category you know what i'm saying like you know just that level of quickness constant paint pressure like i i don't i don't know what that is honestly since like i don't know three um and and sometimes i've said this like rosier does some things and it's like wait a second uh, he studied Dwayne. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of Dwayne in his game, obviously not at Dwayne's level, but there's a lot of Dwayne in his game. Uh, I mean, I just mimics mimic certain mannerisms, uh, you know, just even the spin moves, that kind of stuff. Uh, but I, I, I feel like this is a learning process. Like they lost two weeks here, two or three weeks here. But I feel like this is the biggest growth point for this team, because I think as they learn him and he learns them, it changes the trajectory for them offensively in my opinion
4: completely agree with you so i feel like and we talked about this before like they were um leaving some meat on the bone there with terry and i know it's a phrase i've used recently but like in general i i feel that way about a lot of guys on this team and it's like it's hard to feed all these mouths right and when it comes to terry i think he's sort of been trying to adjust to this newer role and maybe he feels like some of those shots that like he was taking in charlotte are not necessarily shots that the heat have wanted him to take but i completely feel like they you know that's part of the reason they traded for him it wasn't just the rim pressure and the playmaking which has been really nice but like the pull-up shooting the shot making the you know the the herky-jerky parts of his game the shifting of the shiftiness of his game like all that stuff is kind of needed like they need that kind of extra layer of chaos uh on offense because they don't have other guys who can do that so it was really nice to see him kind of get back into his game tonight he's very much um a a guy who kind of gets into rhythm by you know like Ray was talking about just by kind of cooking up and you know playing his game he is So that's why I feel like it's a little bit tough to try to get him going as a, as a shooter sometimes. And I feel like why he's had some of these weird uh, shooting slumps with the heat is like, he has to get the one-on-one stuff going and like his, his off the dribble game going first to get that rhythm. And so I I think that's what you saw tonight. And even though, you know, four three-point attempts isn't like a huge amount, I thought the ones he did take were more representative of the types of shots he was shooting before. So like he shot more threes and, you know I have more volume in other games but I, you know and and of course I'm not going to be mad at open catch and shoot threes ever but tonight was more representative I think of the Terry that I, that people thought was going to be coming here where it's more shooting you know getting 14 uh shots up and you know the the assist turnover was still positive 4 to 2 but it feels like it's very much been inverted up until this point with Terry where it's like you you were getting much more of the passing and less of the kind of one-on-one game. And it felt like he had some of that reputation coming in of like being a shot checker and all that. And he absolutely has not been that. And uh, honestly, I thought tonight what he he mixed it up and, and really got going as the game went on there. And I, I, I really do think, and, and shout out eternal. He said this on our playback that he's going to be, you know, somebody who comes up with some big moments in the playoffs because he's the type of guy who can make tough shots and, you know, make like late clock tough shots and, they they that extra layer is going to be something that's, you know, fun to monitor going forward, I think. A couple other
1: guys I want to mention here before we get to the play of the night, and I, I know that there, uh, there are a lot of options for play of the night tonight, actually, um, although none in the first quarter. We'll just fast forward past that and, and take a look at what they did after that, so uh, I'll, I'll let all you guys kind of think about what, what direction we might go here, uh, but I want to mention uh, two guys because uh, in addition to Jimmy, they kind of turn this game around uh nico played well i thought tonight and um and that stretch with him and duncan in the third quarter you see the way that the two of them help open up this offense and this is what a lot of heat fans talk about when they want jovich to play or they want duncan to start is it just looks like there's more space and and the, and the big thing to me about uh Jovic tonight, uh, I'll go to you quickly on this, Brady, and then we'll get to the play of the night. The big thing to me about Jovich was, if he's going to make that corner three, he's going to play, because we, we we've talked about how that fourth or fifth guy in the lineup that that's the issue is can you count on? Caleb had a really rough first quarter tonight. He was much better uh, in the second half. But Caleb, Highsmith, Hawkins, uh that shot is open. Like that, that's the shot that other teams are going to give them. Yovich made it. Then he made one. Uh, he made all, he also made one from the elbow. Um, I thought he was good. And Duncan's overall floor game tonight was terrific. I thought.
0: Yeah. I've been saying it for a while that, that what, when Yovich wasn't playing that it wasn't for defensive purposes. Like I feel like a lot of people were mentioning, I kept saying sh- the shoot, the shooting, the shot from three is what's going to make, keep getting minutes. That's what's going to sustain his minutes just because of what they need uh they could play him longer because of that. They got to that point in the game where they were he was literally just getting helped off of every single time and he just started making them pay. And the second part of it and it's the thing that I always talk about with Haywood that he's really developed is you have to not be afraid to take it when you're getting helped off of, you cannot like look away from those shots. If you don't take them, you you shouldn't be out there. And Haywood's kind of picked that up and if when they help off him, he just keeps taking them. And I thought Yovich did a good job of that tonight where he was just kind of just continually getting that shot up and then he had other points in the game in the third quarter where I thought he ran the floor in a game where I thought they needed to kind of push the pace a little bit Rozier kind of hit him on that hit ahead uh that lob where he laid it in um 100% I think that the, when he, if he has these pockets where I think the big thing is the first quarter not deciding how his game goes because we, we talk about it a lot it's like okay well if he plays good to start he should get more minutes well like They should he should be able to power through some of that stuff. It shouldn't just be judged by the first few, you know, eight minutes of the game because he doesn't come back in. He should have another shot of at least at least kind of showing his impact later on. So I thought that was kind of important in the third quarter. But Duncan as well, uh, I thought had had moments. Caleb, you know, you mentioned the first quarter was rough, but I thought the he has this thing that everybody's talking about with the the hitch going away, where when he's like moving into his shot, like when he's in rhythm, he does not have the hitch. But it's also funny because I mentioned before, like I feel like every the last few seasons, the longer they go into the season, the more the hitch goes away. Like the reps go up and all of a sudden late in the season and then into the playoffs they go and the hitch is like somewhat gone. Uh, So it's just a funny trend. But yeah, it was definitely, I think, a good game for for Jovic to not only play well in that third, but also just get the start. Because I think there were some people that were questioning like after that game the other night or last night, it was like, okay, does Jovic just jump back in there or do they stay defense?
3: Well,
1: it looks like he's going to stay in there. I, I mean, that that's where this seems to be headed because uh, when when Tyler comes back, he'll go back in for Duncan. They'll see how the Rozier hero backcourt works. But I don't think they're pulling Yovich for the starting lineup now, which means that Caleb's going back to the bench. I, I, and that's not the direction I thought he would go. But I, I do think it's setting up for that now. We'll see. I, and again, I, I think if that's the case, it's going to be short minutes for Jovich, and/or maybe one stint each first quarter, third quarter, um, and maybe he's extended to seven or eight minutes during that stretch. But it does—it does seem like he's entrenched there to a certain degree. I, I know which play we're playing, we're picking for play of the night. So let's uh, let's roll it, and then we'll see if it was the same one you guys would have done. And now it's time for the Insurance by Lynette Play of the Night, sponsored by InsuranceByLynette.com and A. Aggressive Insurance Agency. You can reach out to our friend Lynette at 954 581 8800. That's nine five four five eight one eighty-eight hundred, 581 8800 or com. That's com with two N's and two T's. Your best play for auto insurance, homeowners insurance, condo insurance, life insurance, or a retirement program. Reach out to Lynette at com. I'll say this: I could watch Jalen Wright uh, fight through screens all day long. Uh, not going to be play of the night, but I, there was there. He he caused a twenty-four second violation basically because of his activity on the defensive side. Again, something we didn't see. They had two needs; they addressed them both. I mean, I know people are going to talk about size, but Jovic may mitigate some of that. But I, I I I just think what they did getting Rozier and Wright for Lowry, uh, and and a and a protected first was masterful. Honestly, and I and I, I think it's gonna. I think we're gonna look back at it that way, also. But to me, the play of the night was the Duncan relocation uh, for the three. Were you, Alex, were you on the on on playback with us for that one?
4: Do you remember that sequence? I don't at the moment. Which can, can you? Uh, describe uh, it, the it was
1: it was the Duncan three, I believe, in the third quarter. I'm trying to replay it in my head, but I'm sure some of the chat uh, will remember where the ball was just popping. I mean, it was. Oh I, yeah, Jovic yeah. was in there too, and and. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was early it was in the four, third, right? It was early in the third. Four four guys touched it, and then ended up with Duncan relocating, yeah. uh, and making a three. And and I we were I all surprised because, because
4: like the ball was not moving like that at all in the first half, and they were like, "Whoa, what's, what's going on?"
1: But it, but it was Jokic and Duncan who kind of created that kind of movement. We didn't see it again in the first quarter. I'm not exactly sure what happened in that first quarter, honestly. Like that was there was just some there was some silly stuff that they were doing offensively. And Jeremy Grant was making every shot and they were allowing, uh, uh, they were, they were allowing basically Ayton to get to eat on the, uh, with offensive rebounds. It did start with Duncan's drive. That's correct. Uh, and that, here we go. Ben, Ben hit on it. He was on playback with us. Jimmy kick out to Yovic, Yovic touch, touch pass it to Jimmy who kicked it out to Duncan for the three. Jimmy also had a no look pass in this game. I mentioned um, that also, to me this was the one thing i'm gonna keep coming back to this this is the one thing that like if you go over what lebron did in miami and jimmy has done in miami i'm like yeah jimmy as a passer is okay he's okay but he's not elite like lebron was elite jimmy's passing over the past i'll let any of you guys jump in on this but his passing over the past two three weeks has been the defense has been tremendous too but the the passing over the last couple weeks brady's been crazy
0: Can I also say really quickly that I feel like my – the play of the night, the other play of the night option would have been the Jimmy defensive play as you're hitting at the defense. It was the one where he like literally stripped the ball. The ball was like – went to somebody else. He picks him up. He passes to the next guy. He picks him up and then strips him as well. And it was like he is so locked in defensively right now, it felt like, specifically kind of in that second half and that third quarter range where he kind of went on that run. But it's like this team – is revolves around bam defensively but when jimmy is locked in on that end they're tough because like you could surround him with more defenders and you could kind of play certain lineups that i just think that's kind of a big key but yeah the passing the way he was like looking off defenders like he had a couple like three no look passes to somebody cutting baseline where he was just looking to his left and kind of dumping it down to kevin or dumping it down to Delon. uh that stuff is huge and they were really kind of just spamming that jimmy uh bam pick and roll to start the game uh and he was feeding bam and they were (laughs) kind of looking like a actual pick and roll combo that could play together so i said it earlier too like on on playback that it's like they always have like one or two games in the season where jimmy and bam can play together in, in pick and rolls like it's just like it doesn't happen often it'll probably happen 80 out of the 80 or two out of the 82 but like when it happens it looks like pretty decent so it just feels like one of those games that's like Jimmy just showing, hey, I could do this too. I don't just, I don't just have to score and play defense.
1: About this lineup that's both throughout there at one point, uh, right? Butler, Hakez, Martin, Bam. Uh, you could sub Highsmith in for Hakez for even more defense if that's a direction you want to go. Love it. You could sub. Duncan in, I, I know Alex. You mentioned that. I think to, that would kind of unlock that lineup offensively. Uh, he's got a lot of different ways that he Love can go old. now. Right?
4: Kevin Love came in shortly after we talked about that uh, lineup as well.
1: They, they they just have a lot of variations that that he can go to with a lot of this uh, a lot of this different stuff. Let, let's get to you know what? Let's do the injury report because it gives us a chance to talk about somebody like we always do. And now it's time for the official five on the floor injury report sponsored by our friend Eric Rubenstein, the personal injury attorney, born and raised in Lauderdale, Florida, lives in Miami, went to St. Thomas. He's a South Florida guy and a huge Miami Heat fan. But the important thing is he can help you get your money that you deserve when something happens to you. So reach out to our guy, Eric Rubenstein. Again, ericrubenstein.com or ask about me. I got you on Instagram. And now... The injury report. First thing uh, I didn't mention this before we talk about Duncan. Good bounce back game for Duncan after he didn't shoot the ball well uh, in Sacramento. So that was impressive. All right, Greg, uh, Tyler hero sits again. Um Rozier back hero, not back yet. Um, I don't know. Would you just sit him in yeah. Denver? Let this team roll and let him come back healthy for the two game homestand.
3: I have a feeling that the fact that they've gone through this road trip unscathed is going to buy Tyler a little bit of time till they get back to Miami. So, yeah, I wouldn't expect him in Denver. Um, I think that they're going to take that game as gravy on this trip um, and approach uh, – maybe not approach it that way, but at least from a player management, injury management perspective, treat it that way. So I wouldn't expect to see Tyler in Denver, no. But he's he'll be back soon.
1: Let me ask uh, this question to Brady and Alex here. I I see this in the, in the, in the comments. It says Tyler hero is a luxury at this point. Mm. Do you guys agree with that?
0: I'm not at that point because I really do believe they're going to need Tyler in certain matchups. And I keep saying that I keep bringing up specific matchups. Like there's teams like Milwaukee and there's teams like Cleveland that Tyler is going to need be needed to have a big series against that it's they need him. They I, I really do believe that. I mean, the playoffs run last year is going to be in the back of everybody's mind. The fact that they could still win games without him is on everybody's mind, but they could win games without anybody in the regular season, it feels when you have Eric Spolster. They just do it over and over. Uh, but there's still like look, you were nobody was saying that at the at halftime night. Like the way that that offense looked, it was not smooth. Like the, the fact that Jimmy went on that run and the fact that Portland is a very bad team and a very bad offense made this look a little better. But I, I still think there's that points where they're going to need both Terry and Tyler. They're going to need their offensive punch uh, because, you know, I ideally you don't need Jimmy going for 56 in a playoff game.
1: Ideally, although we wouldn't mind seeing it again. Uh, I, I, I don't think he'll play in Denver. I, I think the I think the altitude will play into it, too. He takes a few days off. You don't want to throw him back out there for that. And I do think they're going to see this game as gravy on the trip. I mean, you know, I, I've covered, I think, 13 heat games in Denver in the regular season. I saw them win once. Uh, it's, it's just, it's just not a place that they win regularly. And I, I don't know that any of us thought they would be three and zero through this trip. I think we thought the Portland game was a win and they probably, you know, maybe they get one of the two against new Orleans or Sacramento. So this trip has already gone beyond expectations. Everything has kind of been good lately. I mean, if you think about it, Rozier gets hurt. It's not for as long as everybody thought it was going to be Delon Wright right available. They pounce on him. Uh, the Razier trade, obviously, prior to that. And then, uh, you know, you, you just look at, uh, you know, Jimmy coming back the way he's come back from uh, from the hiatus. Like, it does feel like there's a lot of good things that are flowing at a time. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll uh, let Greg Alex, you, get, you can close this. I mean, at a time where Philadelphia is fading, which... Kind of anticipated what happened with Embiid, but it's carried in. The Knicks are not healthy right now. They're a different team without without OG. Um, It's really just Cleveland that's uh, you know Cleveland and Boston are playing at this really high level, and because of that, the the three. I mean, Milwaukee's playing better now. They won four in a row, I guess, and they Mm -hmm. won big tonight against Charlotte. But uh, it, it just feels like everything's flowing in the right direction.
3: The question will now become do you rather be the sixth seed and avoid the Boston bracket or do you go for the 4-5 or five matchup, try to get home court in the first round, uh, Boston matchup, be damned. And the fact that we're even in that place, I left them for dead during that seven-game losing streak. The fact that we're here, um, it's just crazy. And also with these teams in the East free-falling, you're so right. They have such an opportunity here to, uh, to seize a seed that – I think that they looked like that they were really careening towards the play and now they're not they're firmly entrenched in this mat in this battle for uh what looks like potentially home court in the first round, and I think that that should be the goal moving forward. get that first series under your belt at home, start at home, finish at home um that that would be a real win, uh, I think psychologically too, for this team to get all the way back up to that seed and th- and that's why those who say get the six. If you can't get the three,
1: you get the six and you don't have to deal with Boston until the conference finals. And I just don't agree with it. You're going to have to see Boston at some point. Anyway, you're going to have to see them at some point. You're going through them one way or the other. Okay. That's just the way that this is going to go. And I don't think they have any fear of them. So if you get them in the second round, instead of the third, I don't think I, to me, I, I, I don't, I don't think that makes a big difference. I would rather have the home court to get this team going. You've got a couple of new pieces who've not been with this team. Hockey is going to play his first playoff game, right? You've got Rozier for the first time with you. I just think they'd be so much better off, even with the way they played on the road lately, obviously winning five in a row uh, at home. I, Alex, I'll, I'll let you close on this. Um, g- give me a path to winning in Denver.
4: Oh, God toughest question of the night I'm I'm not looking forward to that game like you mentioned like them playing in Denver for as long as I've been watching the heat has been a scheduled loss no matter how you know good or bad they are and they're the reigning champs this time so I don't have high expectations for it just because of you know the, the historical aspects of it and how good they are but really the path I guess is just low turnovers right that's that's a that's a path pretty much well to let, 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 let,
1: let's start with 13 on that because uh he can't, bam can't have six turnovers against denver that that would yeah, be a and, 20 point blowout
4: and yeah that was a that was a problem tonight like the he had i believe 17 turnovers the, and it kind of mitigated like you forcing the blazers into 18 which would usually be really good but that that you know that margin needs to be bigger and i think that's more you know second night of a back-to-back playing one of the worst teams in the league i'm not expecting them to be making that many mistakes versus the Nuggets and the Heaters are, are typically a pretty low turnover team anyway. So I'm not too worried about that, but specifically that's, that's gotta be like first things first. Then uh, of course the defensive end, like it's just so hard to be really sharp versus them because they're constantly making you scramble and move and not to mention Jokic being kind of just like Mr. Unstoppable out there where he's got kind of a, a, a counter and an answer to every which way you could possibly defend him. It's, kind of infuriating, you know, a team that can just, you know, you, you feel like you're doing a good job guarding them for most of a possession and then they'll just hit you with like a back-breaking shot at the end of a shot clock. And it's just bringing me back to watching them in the finals and just being like, man, this is a team that's hard to um, scheme up, like, problem I – mean, I mean, solutions to the problems. And that's kind of what I come back to. So I guess just like, you know, be really sharp with the the defense. Don't turn over the ball. You got to hope that the ball movement, if there is some, right, because, you know, the Heat can kind of be up and down with that. You got to hope that the ball movement leads to um, made threes, right? That's one of those, like, factors that that can put you up in, in a game where you're not supposed to win is, like, you just make more threes than the other team. And, by the way, big factor tonight, uh, the, the Heat, just looking at it really quick, hit 56% of their threes, and the Blazers hit 33. And that's not going to happen, most likely, against the Nuggets. Like, you can't expect another 56% from three night um but like i'm more interested to see what are both solutions because he obviously is known for like kind of going through different things and, and different coverages and he did that versus the fine i mean versus Jokic in the finals last year so i'm interested to see what he leans on wouldn't be surprised if it's just like 70 percent, 70 percent zone as we've seen <laughs> as as of late but um you know, I just think there's a lot of different ways they can go with it, and it's a completely different roster. So to me, like, the Nuggets game is more like a, a curiosity thing for me uh, and, and less of like, okay, this is what they have to do to beat them because I'm not really expecting a win, to be frank.
1: I want to I get back to one thing we were talking about as we close here. Um, the seven-game losing streak, okay? I believe Spo is serious when he says he liked it as as crazy as that is, like his coaches will say that stuff, but they're not psychos. He is. I I really do think that they needed, I go back and look at those seven games. against the good teams, they got rolled.
3: Yeah. It was so bad. And,
1: against, and then they lost to some bad teams in that stretch or mediocre teams. They looked like a bad basketball team for seven games. And now all of a sudden they are doing the thing again. They they're 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 doing the thing again. Like you have a situation where you don't have Jimmy, and Hawkins goes out, and gets you twenty plus, right? Takes over the game when he has to take it over, and he didn't even do anything tonight, right? And not, again, it's a bad Portland team, and it's going to remain a bad Portland team. And I don't think Joe Cronin's going to make it to next year. And we're all going to look back at this escapade and be like, okay, they you know. Everybody was right <laughs> about what we said at the time, except all the uh, except Woj and all the Boston writers. Um, but I, I it's incredibly impressive that they always get off the mat like this. I'll just I'll just say that. And and Greg, we got to find it. Where, where is it? Which episode was it that you wrote them off? Because we oh, that is going to become a really it,
3: It's the turning point that from that episode forward, this whole thing is turned around. So I'll take credit.
1: All right. So the no guts, no guts. Um, if, right, unlike water cleanup, if you've got the schmutz, Greg does not have the guts. All right. Uh, thanks to Alex. Thanks to Greg. Thanks to Brady. Thanks to our sponsors. Yes, we are trying to go live on all the road games uh, the rest of the way. So we'll see. Um, this is the last, well, we, Denver's going to be late too, but uh, hopefully they're not all quite like this one. Have a good night. Thanks for staying up with us, everybody. We had more than 500 on the live tonight, so we appreciate that. And of course, you can also catch it on the podcast feeds. Have a good one.
3: Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five and Sports Network. After all, someone
1: needs to listen to my dad.
2: Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high quality favorite feels great, but having a whole closet of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything from t shirts and jeans to sweatshirts and jackets, and of course, their legendary best hoodie ever. So you can fill your wardrobe with the pieces that will get you through your spring days. Like the lightweight joggers and pullovers in the French Terry collection, or the rich and polished premium Slub Crew tee, whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, American Giant makes something that's sure to be your next closet go-to. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Find a closet staple for every part of your day at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com promo code staple L E two zero.